Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Box and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you are not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. Rope bondage is a risky activity, and you shouldn't attempt it without first getting proper training. Listen to episode zero if you haven't already. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. This episode is made possible by our patrons who support us each month. If you would like to help, head to ropepodcast.com to see many options. This year, we want to focus on bringing the Rope Podcast to a wider audience. To achieve that, we would like to ask you to follow us on Instagram and reshare this episode in your Instagram stories. We are Rope Podcast on Instagram. Another thing that helps us is if you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's anonymous, so you won't have your name visible on the internet connected with a kinky podcast, don't worry. And now, going on with the show. Today, listeners, we have a bit of an unusual episode because I, Maya, am going to interview Fox, your other host that you should know well, about the creation of a new book that he's put together. Hi, Maya. It is an honor to finally be on the Rope Podcast. I have dreamt of it for years. We already did an interview for episode 100. That seems true. Okay. It is an honor to be on the Rope Podcast again. I have dreamt of it for since the episode 100. Okay, how delightful. All right, so you have created what is a quite beautiful photo book. So tell me, why did you decide to create a book in the first place? Okay, interesting question. Um, I wanted some physical artifact of the rope that I do. Uh, I have done a lot of digital photography throughout the years. I've been doing rope for about eight and a half to nine years now, I think. Creeping in on 10 years. And as I mentioned, it's also one of the reasons for wanting to mark milestones in my rope progression. But in all that digital photography that I've done, it was only files being shared on platforms or being sent to people, but I had never had a physical incarnation of the rope that I've done, something you can touch, something you can hold, something you can leave in a space, something you can hand over to someone to show what it is that you do, and so on. And I was very interested in exploring that physical medium. And how did you decide what the focus of the book would be? I was trying to represent what my rope looks like and what sets it apart from other styles of rope, other intents of rope, other rope systems. Okay, and so that actually leads me on to the next question, which is, there are 60 different photos in the book. Um, Why did you choose um, those ties, those pictures, and is that sequence significant? So I'm going to share with you a little secret, Maya. Okay. Uh, In my rope system, there are 12 different base positions. Okay. A bit like in the Zodiac. (laughs) And each of those 12 base positions, you can orient in five different ways. You can tie them face up, face down, vertical, inverted, or on the side. 
All right. And when you take 12 and you multiply it by 5, you get 60. And that's why there are 60 different positions in the book. Why don't you describe one of the positions to people so they can get um, a flavor? Okay. Well, I have a copy of the book here <laughs> Okay. Uh, in my hand. It's, it's pretty heavy. Right. Uh, it's Do you have a, a favorite picture? Maybe you could describe your favorite picture to Ooh, us. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to open it at a random page. No, favorite, favorite. I think maybe this one's my favorite. All right. So that is, um, if anyone is ever lucky enough to get a copy of the book, it's, is it the last position, number 60? Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the last uh, position. It's position number 60. And I put it there on purpose because I wanted to uh, end on a high note. And it is a photograph in which, Maya, you're pretty naked. Okay, we don't need to talk about that aspect. Okay, that aspect indeed. Uh, and you're suspended, face on quite high up from the ground. I would say maybe five feet from mm -hmm. the ground. Uh, you have your left leg in a futomomo. You have a hip harness. You have your right ankle in a cuff and your right leg is extended far away from your body. You have a chest harness. Your arms are stretched out with quite a wide uh, wingspan. And you have cuffs on your wrists and your hair is suspended up. So you have a lot of vertical uplines pulling you to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And then around your body, a number of heavy chains are wrapped and they sort of fall down towards the floor. And one thing I really love about this photograph is that you have those vertical lines of ropes pulling you up to the ceiling and those vertical lines of heavy chains pulling down to the floor. And there's a really interesting parallel for me. It reminds me of that um, expression, having roots and wings. You're both mm -hmm. being pulled up and pulled down at the same time. Okay. Uh, so that, yeah, for me, the symbolism and the aesthetics of this photo is very strong. Okay, and it is a beautiful photo. I love the shadow of the chain uh, right at the bottom. Mm. I think it's really beautiful. There's a lot of little detail to uh, hunt for in this photo and little echoes and little symbols. Like, I, I like this one quite a bit. So you're holding the book in your hand today. How did it feel to hold that book in your hand for the first time? It was a bit of a shock. Uh, there were two different phases, I would say, because before you send a book to production to be printed in however many copies, you do what's called a proof. And so the first thing you see is one unique copy of the book. So at that time, there's only one copy of the book in the whole world. And that already feels like something. And then later, after the production print is done, you get some really big cardboard box is full of books and you get tens or hundreds depending on what run you're doing of copies of your books and seeing that same object cloned mm. uh, in identical copies many times that also feels super weird all right and congratulations and maybe Thank i should you. have started with congratulations and probably i should have admitted that the book is pictures of me and it is true that i am uh in your birthday suit. In my birthday suit, yeah. So anyway. Well, it's, it's, I think, I hope, it's fairly artistic. 
Yes, and, we've uh, yeah. In fact, getting it into the country, there was a bit of a conversation with customs of whether it was art or pornography, and everyone seemed to fall on the side of art. So Thankfully, on the right side of the line with this one. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really want to share our love of rope to as many listeners as possible, and for that, we need your help. Please go to Instagram and follow our account Rope Podcast, then reshare this episode in your stories. Show your love of rope and help others discover it too. So what was the creation pro- process? Talk us through how the book came into being. First of all, Maya, the creation process was long. I have been working on this book for, I think, two and a half years. And it's really interesting to have such a prolonged effort on something and focus your energy on one project for that long. And I'm not going to lie, by the end, I was kind of happy for it Mm. to be nearing a conclusion. Finishing energy can be hard. Uh, But also, I've always wanted to have written a book or have done a book at least once in my life that was like on my bucket list as people say and it feels great to have checked that box i think for me making a book is a bit like having a child in the sense that when it just happened you say to yourself i never want to go through that again (laughs) but then as the years pass you kind of forget how difficult the beginning was and you start to want it again. So maybe in 10 years, I'll do another book because I have forgotten how much work it is to do mm, a book. Maybe, although you do only have one child. so I you mean, know. you know. <laughs> uh, and that's enough. So, so dear listeners, like, <laughs> if you're, uh, you know, interested in having a fox baby, a fox pup, you can always write in and, and maybe we'll be we'll editing that out. So who or what or anything inspired you when you were creating the book? In finding the concept for the book, I was very interested in working with this notion of darkness. And maybe I should say that the title of the book is Together in the Dark. You can probably hear the book opening and closing, uh, listeners. Yeah, let's, maybe we could make that into some kind of ASMR, but I'm not very good <laughs> with that. Title, Together in the Dark, and this notion of darkness is very central. I like what's called low-key photography, so photography where a lot of the image is quite dark. And I am absolutely in love with Italian Renaissance painters in the style known as Tenebrism, of which the most famous practitioner is probably Caravaggio. Mm. And I have spent hours uh, looking at his paintings in Italy and I'm absolutely in love with them and that definitely has been a huge influence on my photographic style. Okay and what did you enjoy most about working on the book? I think for me it was really satisfying to produce a coherent body of work because in rope bondage when we produce images they're quite often standalone Mm. and it can feel a bit bitty and piecemeal. I've got this photo I took at a jam, I've got that photo I took in the bedroom and so on. And here with the book, I wanted to have a much more cohesive 
body of work where it looks like it's intentional and meant to go together in some way. And so from a practical process, how did the book happen? What are the stages of going from no book to book? Okay, um, at first, ignorant enthusiasm. Because <laughs> you have no idea what it's actually going to entail to produce a book. Uh, then there's the panic phase. Then there's the I'm never going to be able to do that much work. I, I should just give up now phase. And then there's just the one day at a time, one page at a time process of just trudging through it. And by the time you think you're done, you've done all your photos, then you need to do your editing and your book layout and you realize the work is just beginning. Uh, and one thing that's super gratifying about this process is by the end, you have gained the knowledge of what you should have done to do it correctly. And so you're pretty much ready to start over. If okay, you so in 10 years time, when you do create that second book, you'll know a lot more. If I remember the lessons of this one, uh, I would be able to do it a lot better with a lot less uh, wasted effort, yeah. Okay, so that leads me to my next question, which is what did you learn about yourself while creating the book? I would say I confirmed about myself that I am a person who needs a system to work. And the thing that really created forward momentum for me is when I first created my tooling, my workflow, my pipeline, and then executed on every picture and every page of the book through a very structured process because I am not an organic creative. I really need to structure things first and lay out how things are going to happen and then execute. And that's something I sort of knew about myself already, but it really, really was highlighted in the process of creating this book. Mm. And what did that pipeline look like? So I still don't have a clear understanding for the listeners of how you go from no picture to a picture in a book. Okay. So in my case, uh, first there was a design phase for each photo shoot. So I would sketch out what the position was going to look like, what the angle was going to be. And I did that using essentially 3D CAD software on the computer. And that process would take anywhere from one to two hours per shoot. Then there was the actual shooting, which would be, I would say two to three hours. And we did one of those a day for many, many days. Uh, I am quite amazed that you managed to hold each of those 60 positions on the first try. Never have we had a reshoot of any of those. Like all 60 photos in this book are first takes. And that really speaks to your bottoming abilities, Maya. Thank you. But I will admit there was quite a lot of crying on some of them. Uh, I think the crying enhances the artistic value and in fact your tears as well as your sweat uh, are visible in some of the photos. Yes, if uh, listeners ever get a copy of the book they might see some of my uh, tears shine in some of them. So okay. anyway, taking the photos uh, and when I say taking the photos for any one photo shoot I would take anywhere between two and seven hundred pictures. Wow, I didn't know that. So there is a really big culling and selection process because I'm keeping one picture out of those 700 that I took on that day. So that easily takes a few hours also selecting which picture you consider the best execution of your artistic vision for that given position. 
and then there would be the editing and some pictures required more of that than others but you have to understand that printing on paper is a lot less forgiving of small imperfections in a picture and I think if you want something lasting on a paper medium you want to spend more time in editing than you would for a digital distribution and so I spent easily 10 to 15 or even 20 in some cases hours per picture in editing and what does it mean because this was a really new thing for me mm -hmm. um, what does it mean to edit a picture what are you actually doing just give us some ideas I'm spending a lot of time on what you might call a development process by analogy to when people would shoot analog with film the way you would develop that film would influence a lot things like white balance and colors, uh, exposure in, in your end picture. And I use a piece of software called Adobe Lightroom as my main editing tool. And you have an incredible number of sliders you can move around to change how light or dark a certain part of the picture is going to be. You can have more reds or more orange. Like You can do an incredible number of tiny, tiny adjustments. Um, and do what is sometimes referred to as expressive editing. I'm not, I'm not a journalist. I'm not trying to document reality in the closest to the facts way as possible. I'm trying to convey a certain emotion or a certain feeling that had to do with the scene that day. And so my editing tries to reflect that. I'm not trying to create something accurate. I'm trying to create a vision of a concept. What qualities do you think that you need to be able to bring a project like this to fruition? Definitely patience. <laughs> I think that came through uh, quite well already in the interview today. I think it's important to have vision and know what you want to achieve and be able to keep that North Star in your field of view the whole time because it's easy to get lost in the weeds. So really taking the time to uh, develop the concept for your book. And we had a couple of conversations with our common friend Tracy at the beginning. And she really helped me to sort in my head what that book was going to be and what it was going to try to achieve. So I'm very thankful to her for that. And what beliefs or perspectives have you challenged with the book? And let's start with your own beliefs or your own perspective. I guess the main one is my ability to produce this type of artistic work. I've never seen myself as an artist for the first more than 35 years of my life. And I'm in my 40s now, so it's only recently that I've opened myself up to the possibility that I would be able to produce art. And it's been fascinating and extremely gratifying to do so. And in terms of rope more broadly, I think we are going against some stereotypes because we're not in our 20s anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, we are not typical runway model body types. No, I'm a more curvy, curvy model. Um, and I think despite that, we are able to produce images that are beautiful and that are interesting to look at. And I think there is 
something in there about the inclusivity of rope bondage and that it is not a one-size-fits-all, only certain people can access rope, only certain people can be beautiful in rope. Mm. I think there are angles for everyone in rope bondage and mm. that's one of the things I love about it. Mm, mm. And I also have chronic health issues, so that throws that in there as well. Yeah. And what beliefs or perspectives do you want to challenge for those who see the book, for those who experience the book? One thing that's really central to me in this book is trying to not project my vision of the meaning of the pictures onto the audience. And in fact, I have a quote at the beginning of the book, which is a quote by H.P. Lovecraft. Who you love. I love so much. Uh, and also there's a tie-in with the title of the book, uh, To Lovecraft Lore. And that quote is simply, never explain anything. And so I'm going to do something pretty meta by explaining why I put this <laughs> never explain anything quote in the book. Okay. Uh, because one thing I've discovered through distributing artistic rope photos through the internet is that in the comment section, people would have completely different interpretations of the work a, from each other, and B, from what I intended. And I love that. I absolutely love that. And I want people to be able to do that with this book. And so if I give them a, a subtitle for each of the photos, this is what you should think about this photo, I am blocking the possibility of them coming up with their own story, their own feeling. And that's what I want. I want them to have their own reactions to the work. And I will say it drives me a bit crazy. Um, oh, that's nice. That's a bonus. <laughs> because for me, I am someone who goes to art galleries and I read the um, hmm. piece first. So without that piece, sometimes I feel a bit lost. So it's an interesting experience for me, having been in the photos. Mm -hmm. um, and many of the photos weren't just photo shoots. They were um, scenes. We did a lot of play in them. You mean we had a lot of sex in the positions in the book? Yeah, that's one thing that's nice about this book. You can also... I mean... I know uh, Mark already did a very good rope Kama Sutra, which yes. I highly recommend. But this book is also 60 positions you could potentially have sex in yeah. if you want to. Because that is, sexy times is definitely an underpinning of your rope style. It's a strong value of the rope that I do, yes. What are the other values? Okay, the other values are sustainability. Uh, and in photographic work that was relevant because you needed to uh, stay in the position for quite a while for me to take 700 yeah, photos. Yeah, I really did. I really, really did. <laughs> uh, they are uh, sensuality, which I hope comes through through the pictures. It's more difficult to represent in a fixed image uh, than it is with, let's say, a video or a live performance, but I think the tying process for all 60 of those positions was fairly central for us. Mm. And the, the subtitle of your book is what? Uh, the subtitle of my book is The Art of Erotic Rope Bondage. So that also gives readers a hint as to um, what they might expect in the book. Mm. And then the fourth and last of my rope uh, values is going slow. And that also, I guess, is less evident in a photo. But I feel the photography in this book has this static feel of something. There's no movement in any of those photos. And that's on purpose. I really like this idea of, and I'm sorry, I hope I'm not uh, 
upsetting you by saying that, turning you into an immobile object. No, that's fine. Uh, as your uh, property, given we have an owner-property relationship, that's not mm. a problem. And I think it's sexy for me. Okay. I love the idea of creating human sculptures with rope. And this idea of going from a moving, active person into an immobile object to be admired, to be looked at, is intensely sexy to me. And what surprised you about doing this book? I think mostly so far I have been really surprised by the positive reaction of the people who have seen the book. I have given out so far free copies of the book to my Thai rope family and they've been like so, so, so nice about it. Like this uh, validation, this positive reinforcement I've gotten from them was amazing. And I have one of the prototypes of the book in my rope studio and a few of the people coming over for sessions have looked at it in the sort of waiting room, so to speak, <laughs> of the studio. And I thought they would like just pick it up, look at three pages and then put it down again. But at least two people have looked through every single page of the book, which felt crazy. I didn't expect anyone to do that. And what would you do differently if you were producing a book like this again? Definitely, I would go to the physical prototype phase much, much, much faster. Oh, interesting. Because I understood a lot about my process and mostly what was wrong with it when I saw the first physical proof. Mm. And I did a mini proof with only five photos in it, but that taught me so much. So I would say... If, dear listeners, you want to do a rope book, and I encourage you to do so, it's really interesting. Do three, four, five photos, get a print of that, and you will understand so much more about what you need to do to achieve your goal. And also, I didn't quite understand that the physical constraints of the book as an object would dictate the work so much. And I should have much, much earlier set my format and my aspect ratio to match the physical book. That's the biggest thing I would do differently next time is first decide on the physical format of the book and then oh. derive everything from there. Okay, that's really interesting. And you're lucky enough to have a forward by quite a well-known rope community member. Tell us about that. It is such an incredible honor. Uh, JP the Pope, uh, most famous for rigging for king.com for, I don't know, more than 20 years, I guess, has written the forward to this book. It's an incredible forward. I absolutely love it. And he is someone who is honestly one of my idols. He is one of my biggest inspirations in bondage. So having someone I look up to so much write the forward to my book was absolutely incredible. And so finally, what is the future for the book? Because your first printing is a limited run edition mm -hmm. of 20 copies that you are gifting to people who are important to you in your rope journey, which I think is beautiful as your partner. But I also think that this is a beautiful artifact. And that's a lovely word. And so what's the future? What else are you going to do with it? Uh, honestly, Maya, I'm not sure. So far, I have stayed away from making it a commercial product. So this book cannot be purchased for money at this time. Uh, I would probably put up a few copies for auction for charity purposes, because we have that reasonably frequently in the Bangkok scene where we have a fundraiser for the community dungeon or something like that. So I would be okay with 
putting a few books up for that. But so far in my rope journey, I have had mixed feelings with the interaction of rope and money, I guess. And so I'm not closing the door completely of making a different incarnation of this book for sale at some point in the future, but I don't think I'm there yet. So I think the limited run, the hardcover limited edition of 20 copies is where it's going to stay at for now. And then I will probably re-examine uh, those feelings in a bit. Okay. And I'm going to say, listeners, if you're interested in the book, send us messages because I think it is gorgeous. And I, as Fox's partner and co-host on the podcast, will be encouraging him very much to produce a different version for some kind of commercial activity. So please help me encourage him to do that. So thank you so much, Fox, for coming on the Rope Podcast. I'm sorry that Fox can't be here to uh, co-host with me. Yeah, I was looking forward to meeting him, but I guess this will have to wait. <laughs> Another time. And much appreciated you sharing your intimate thoughts about the book. Thank you so much, Maya. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs>